Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. I'm afraid I have some bad news. This is the last episode of Season 3 of Behind the Bottom Line. However, I'll be back again at the end of January with some new stories and hopefully new features, including the website. Before we turn to today's story, can I ask of you a favour? It would really help spread the word about Behind the Bottom Line if you would recommend it to your friends or give it a rating and a review on your podcast player. I'd be very grateful. Today's story is called Agile Consequences. And don't you think it would be great to belong to a team like this one? Some people think that we, my friend Julie and me, shouldn't have tried to become agile coaches, but we needed work. So when Julie saw a pharmaceutical company advertising for coaches with agile project management experience, she said we should be creative with the information on our CVs and apply. Come on, Paula. She said, how hard can it be? And look at the money Simon got paid. Simon was Julie's latest ex-boyfriend. He was a proper agile coach, but Julie had dumped him after a couple of weeks because he wasn't very agile in the bedroom. Luckily for us, he left a lot of material about this agile project management stuff behind in our flat. So we spent a weekend learning all the necessary vocabulary and, on Monday, we went to see the company's HR department. Now, me and Julie have worked in HR departments ourselves, so we knew that as long as we sounded confident and used lots of jargon, they'd pass us on to the department manager for the real interview. We were a little worried about that, but she, Mrs Evans, was so desperate to tell her boss that she was using this fashionable new project management technique that she gave us a six-month contract straight away. We were told to come back the next day to be introduced to the Project Recreatine team. I should warn you, Mrs Evans said as we walked to the project laboratory for the first meeting, they're all amazing chemists, super intelligent but not good at communicating even with me. Our customer is an internal one, the sales department, but they complain that my team can't understand what's wanted. Don't worry, Mrs Evans. As Scrum Masters, we're going to be the interface between your team and the product owner, I answered, recycling Simon's agile vocabulary. We coach and facilitator for all stakeholders. We are the translation software to make sure real communication takes place. Mrs Evans looked impressed and opened the door. Hello, everybody, she said. Let me introduce Julie and Paula, your new... What was it again? Ah yes, Scrum Masters. Ten pairs of large spectacles turned to look at us. We knew we had to win their trust. According to Simon's material, it was important for an agile team to have a clear vision of the product wanted. But when we asked them what this was, they weren't clear. Something to make people cheerful without any side effects that are bad, dangerous or addictive said Andrew, who was dressed completely in black and looked at his shoes while speaking. But what is cheerful? What is bad? What's the point? He continued. 
Cheerful is how I feel when I see a formula like that for pentahydroxyhexanol, said Liana. It looks so wowie. Hmm, said Julie. Maybe we need to go to the pub. Next morning, it was a sorry group of chemists that collected in the laboratory. Liana was holding her head while Andrew and the rest of them were quite green in the face. Right, kids, how are you feeling today? I asked, banging my coffee cup down on a bench. Bad? Everybody groaned. Exactly, continued Julie. But how did you feel last night? She put some of the photos we'd taken last night on a screen and pointed to one showing the team doing a conga down the street led by Andrew in a gorilla costume. That looks fun. And that's what the product owner wants, I added. Something that makes people feel cheerful, but without the hangover afterwards. Behind ten pairs of large spectacles, the lights went on. Six months later and we were ready to show the nearly finished product to the product owner. We'd followed the whole agile process described in Simon's books. Daily scrum meetings, two-week sprints when the team focused on particular parts of the product and then sprint review meetings with the product owner making sure that he was happy. The team was very enthusiastic, especially Andrew who had developed enormously. He'd stopped wearing black and even begun looking at other people's shoes instead of his own when talking to them. Especially Julie's. He followed her round like a puppy. He was sweet, but I warned him that he didn't have a chance with Julie. She preferred sporty types to intellectuals, I told him. We'll see, he said. By the way, your shoelace is undone. Next day, we invited the sales department to our laboratory. Ladies and gentlemen, said Mrs Evans, opening what looked like a giant box of chocolates. We are proud to present our greatest creation. Recreatine is an antidepressant with no side effects. Today we'd like to offer all of you the chance to try one. It was very exciting and it all started nicely. People got chatty and... Amazingly, I saw Andrew talking directly to Julie and not to her shoes. Yes, he was looking at her chest, not her face, but this was a big improvement. At some point, somebody passed the box round again, and I had a second chocolate. But then things got out of control. Later, we found out that it was the cocoa. It appeared to double the effect of the drug itself, which meant that Everybody got a little too cheerful. Starting a food fight in the canteen was bad enough, but turning on the fire sprinklers in the whole building was going too far. I lost Julie somewhere, so I was on my own when security told me to go and never come back. But even that didn't stop me singing all the way home. I went to bed and fell asleep. When I woke the next morning, I lay still for a moment, remembering everything. It was embarrassing, but physically, I felt fine. Recreatine definitely worked. Something that made people cheerful with no side effects. I got up to look for Julie. 
she was in the kitchen drinking orange juice and behind her, dressed in Julie's pink dressing gown and making tea, was Andrew. He saw me, squawked and hurried back into Julie's bedroom. Oh my God, please tell me I didn't see that, I begged. Tell me that was just some strange side effect from yesterday. Maybe, answered Julie, blushing. You see, we're going to get married. This story was written for Business Spotlight in 2017. And as regular Behind the Bottom Line listeners will know, it contains two of my favourite characters, Julie and Paula, who crop up in uh, quite a few of my stories. Uh, in Behind the Bottom Line, we've had, uh, let me just check, we've had um, the story 99%, uh, Zobi the Accidental Guru, and Julie and Me. Uh, and interestingly enough, these have been some of the most popular episodes that people have listened to uh, for this podcast. So there's something about Julie and Paula, um, and I think it's because they are based on a number of different people uh, that I've worked with over the years. And I have a lot of admiration uh, for these two characters, um, because although they're willing to bend the truth and bend the situation and bend circumstances a little bit in order to benefit themselves, they're essentially very good-hearted and uh, nobody ever gets hurt by their actions. So I'm very fond of Julie and Paula, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I like the kind of mischief that they get up to. The antidepressant recreatine that the chemists develop uh, under the uh, under the scrum leadership of Julian Paula. Those of you who are familiar with 1960s romantic comedies uh, will perhaps recognise a similarity to a Rock Hudson and Doris Day film called Lover Come Back, in which the two of them play advertising executives uh, desperately competing for a large contract, and for various reasons uh, Rock Hudson persuades or better said bribes a chemist called Linus Tyler to develop a product for him very very quickly called it doesn't matter what the product is it just has to be called VIP because for uh, various other reasons a whole series of television uh, advertisements have been released uh, promoting a product called VIP which is supposed to be coming on the market and Rock has, has, uh, has to create this product out of nothing uh, at very short notice. And um, VIP, turned, VIP turns out to be um, uh, mint-flavoured sweet, uh, which has the, uh, each sweet has the effect of a triple-dry martini. And when by accident Rock Hudson persuades the board of his company to try it out, um, everybody, of course, gets extremely drunk. So I adapted that story a little bit for uh, my particular purposes. When I wrote this story, the agile approach to software product development um, had become very fashionable um, in most large companies. This is not a, a new approach to product development. The Agile Manifesto, I think, was written in something like 2000, but the concepts and the ideas go much further back to the Second World War, in fact, uh, and to the development of uh, jet fighter planes in the US. Back in 2017, I don't think many people really understood what Agile was about. 
It was quite easy to pull the wool over people's eyes by using the jargon. And um, yeah, slight confession here. I was guilty of that once or twice in a couple of meetings. People went away looking very impressed because you were using the right kind of vocabulary. So even though I make fun of Agile a bit, I do actually respect it quite a lot. Um, in particular, what I like is the emphasis on the leader as a, as a servant to the team. Um, the team is in charge, really, um, not the manager. And I think this really reflects my philosophy of life. Um, I've always seen my boss as being somebody who is there to get me the resources um, that I want to do my job and uh, who can help me to enjoy my job um, because I'm not really good at doing things that I'm not enjoying or things that I don't think are important. So the central belief behind Agile of the servant leader um, corresponds very neatly to the way that I like to work. And one little illustration of that, in the story, uh, Julie and Paula take the chemists out to the pub and the next morning show them photographs of their behaviour. And there's one picture of Andrew dressed in a gorilla costume dancing down the street. And the gorilla costume was, I have to say, one of the highlights of my career so far when I persuaded my boss at the time um, that what I needed to run this particular workshop was a gorilla costume and she agreed and allowed me to go to a costume hire shop and hire myself a gorilla costume just for this particular workshop. So that's what I call a really good agile leader. So that's the end of season three of Behind the Bottom Line. I think 2020 has been a very strange year but I hope that you have managed to stay safe and that Behind the Bottom Line was able to help you forget the bad things happening to us all, at least for short periods of time. Have a great Christmas, and I look forward to sharing some wonderful news stories next year. Remember, you can write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield at gmail.com. So until Season 4 of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying... Stay healthy and goodbye.